In today's episode of Man vs. Marriage, it's more of the Q-Dog getting coached up by Coach Rita. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose. For a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast. And welcome to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, the Q-Dog, in the studio with... Coach Rita. And my daughter Gracie today. Oh, yes. We yeah. have her in the studio. Yeah, she's in the she's studio. She's so cute. Yeah, she takes after her dad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, before we get started into this coaching Quincy thing, I, I want to tell you why I decided to bring Gracie in the studio today. I'm sure it's odd because never really had one of the kids in the studio with me, but I was listening to a podcast today um, on Front Row Dads, and the guy made a point to say, which I'm a believer in this, but I wanted to make sure that uh, I want to make sure that I that I followed through, so I took immediate action. He was just talking about how very important it is for your kids to know the vulnerable side of you and that what you do is not perfect. Maybe you present a perfect product. Maybe your kids see that, oh, my dad gets this done, he gets that done. He's, he's not, uh, he must have all his crap together, all these other things because you're the dad and they're the kid. But truthfully, what they'll benefit from the most as they're growing up is understanding that life's not perfect. And life is hard for everybody. Very true. And you just make it through. You look at the things you are happy about. You focus on them when life gets tough. You rely on family. But being vulnerable in front of your kids is okay. I'm strong when it's time to be strong, but I don't want to put the idea out there that everything's always perfect. And if you don't live up to that, then is life really worth living? So I just want her to be front and center to kind of get a read on me to see that it's not all perfect. And I'm not saying you think I'm all perfect, <laughs> but I just want to be vulnerable in front of you so you know where I am struggling. Because um, I do think it's important, you know, for our kids to know that. And Gracie um, is our youngest of the triplets. Right. And she is more than halfway to the big one seven. So, you know, absolutely one of the most responsible girls that I have. And uh, some somebody you can count on, somebody very trustworthy, very endearing, very thoughtful, very, very loving. Smart. Very smart. And, uh, you know, but like, like all of us, and I won't put her challenges out there, we all have challenges. And I think maybe it would have helped me some to know what my parents were going through uh, when they were going through it. And uh, it would have made me understand that oh, life doesn't always, it, it isn't always rainbow and unicorn, you know, <laughs> right. no matter what product you're looking at. Now, every day, I, f I face every day, no matter what the challenges are, right. with my head up. And I believe every day is awesome because mm -hmm. it's a gift. But sometimes I just 
got a crap attitude. Hard for me to shake out of it. I mean, yesterday I came, I'm just going to give you this example, then we'll get on with it. You're going to be, you're probably going to laugh at this, maybe not out loud, but I had just a really difficult day. Natural disaster in our area. And on top of, you know, all of the other uh, adventures going on Mm -hmm. in my professional and personal life, um, this natural disaster has really caused some challenges, you know, and... I got home yesterday, and I had asked, you know, one of the girls to make me some bacon. And what any near teenager would do, uh, you know, it's like, okay. I just, um, I got so butthurt. It was ridiculous. It's like, you know what? Fine. Gracie's shaking (laughs) her head for all of you. It's like, fine. I'll just do it myself. You know, you get into that I'll just do it myself (laughs) mode instead of letting a kid have a kid moment and then letting the kid move on with it and you not getting all your feelings all hurt and your butt cracks burning red over this situation. <laughs> and I, you know, there, it, it just, it compounds from there. Cause I went to use the air fryer, opened it. It was dirty from breakfast. Somebody forgot. So you get into that, you get over there to the sink, it's full of dishes. And, it, you know, everything that is just life, it compounds when you let your butt crack burn. They they weren't out to get you personally. Like, no. dad's coming home, so let's not do the dishes. Let's just, like, let's just piss dad off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was their whole motive in I, the morning. <laughs> right. They woke up that day saying, right, let's saying, really get dad. We're going to get dad Just today. like all those drivers on the freeway that cut you off. Right. They weren't thinking about anything but somebody driving your car with your license plate because you're all that matters in their world. <laughs> and is. when they cut you off, it had everything to do with you. No, that's not the case. <laughs> so, you know, I just handled that all wrong. So I owe some apologies and, uh, you know, I tried to go and get my head straight and I don't know, I just look back at it. I take time to think about it. And it's like what I was talking about before my attitude towards my family. Mm-hmm. It's a, sometimes it's just a bitter struggle to get it right. The thing about me is if I get some perspective on it and I see, oh, oh that sucked. I go back and I say, Hey. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to do better because that's what I want to do. So that's why Gracie's in the studio and maybe some of the other girls. You know, i got lots of teenage girls right now. You do. i got six of them. And soon to be, no, no, no. Uh, no, Anissa is going to be 12. Yeah. 13 next year. Yeah, so one more year. <laughs> I got one more year. Yeah, so in in next year, the twins will be 14. So it's just really important, you know. The guy was saying on that show, he's like, look, when we were kids, we really didn't know what the heck was going on around the world. And now kids that have phones and iPads and access to the Internet, they know everything that's going on in the world, the good, bad, and the ugly. They're exposed to that. Yeah. And um, they just need I think sometimes parents do a disservice in trying – all in the name of protecting your kids, not to have them witness disagreements with mom and dad, you know, um, not to show them that we struggle because we just want to protect them and keep them in this bubble. 
Yeah. And I think so many times we do as parents, because, you know, my kids are older, so I can, you know, my son especially um, will say, Mom, you kept us in a bubble. Like, you kept us in a bubble. And it was all out of to protect them. But I think sometimes we just don't um, see it as it being healthy that they have to see the parents struggle, that they can see that there's an outcome to it. Mm -hmm. And so when they hit those struggles, in their mind, they know, well, my mom and dad went through it and they made it. So that gives them, um, you know, insight or encouragement or foresight to see if they did it, I can do it. And I think sometimes we just, you know, do it all out of protection. Yeah. You know, so I think that's great. I think, I think it's really good. Well, my, you know, hope and pray that it's a benefit for her as she grows. She's in, you know, those weird, awkward teenage years. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird and awkward for all of us, you know, hormones and whatever else you have going on. You know, just trying to find out who you are, trying to figure out where you fit, if you need to break the mold or who you're becoming or, you know. It's so much. All kinds of thoughts and feelings and emotions that you haven't had because hormones are kind of raging. And it's like, ugh, it's a tough, it's a tough part of life. And it's, it's really just checking yourself as parents, not allowing yourself to get frustrated because you have to remember you were a teenager once too. Right. And you did stupid things, said stupid things. You know, it's like, don't lose perspective that you were there once too. Exactly. And just help them through it, you know, as much as you can enjoy those moments because you don't get them back. That's so true. You don't get them back. And, and, um, they're precious moments because they are like what you said. They're finding themselves, their identity, who they are, where they belong, you know, um, high school can be brutal, <laughs> right? High school can be brutal, but I just encourage the kids. Cause I worked at a high school. You know what? Make this the best time of your life because you won't, you won't be able to enjoy this kind of environment ever again. You only get to do high school once. Just yeah. enjoy it. Get involved, make a lot of friends, you know? Um, because then you could look back and say, like, for me personally, I loved high school. Well, I love school. So yeah, me too. Just the I think more so social aspect than the academic aspect. But um, I love school, and I made it the best possible experience that I could. Yeah. And that's the important the important thing that you just take away because that's where you make your your best friends. Like whether you go to college together, keep in contact. A lot of that sticks when you're in high school. So yeah. they're great years. They are. They are really great years. A lot going on, but but they're great years. You didn't say easy years. Mm-mm. You said great. They are great. You know? And, and you embrace it for what it is. And it's rewarding. You know, rewarding things are not easy all the time. Right. But my, you know, my papa had a, a saying. He would say, the harder the battle, the sweeter the victory. That's and that, true. And that's kind of a, you know, one of those mantras that I've, you know, had to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for agreeing to be cool with Gracie coming oh, ab- in the studio today. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I know. I was, I was like, oh, Gracie's in trouble. What'd she uh, do this time? <laughs> She's nope. going to have to come sit through our, come sit through our podcast. I'm just kidding, Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach Rita, the last three episodes have been like super deep. 
and me kind of bearing my soul right to the listener which you know is what I promised I would always do and you know we started out the podcast with giving very topic based right and it's kind of come to the point and some of the feedback you know has been we want to hear some live coaching we want to know how this works in the process and what better person to be coached live than me since I'm the man in the man versus marriage podcast and it's more than just about marriage but it it affects every facet of my life it's yes. kind of you know it's that thing of practicing what you preach mm -hmm. so I know uh our faithful followers you know maybe saw something odd when we <laughs> released episode 37 right Two weeks ago? Not this week, last week. Yeah. Two weeks ago. And, uh... Quincy's world got rocked. <laughs> it did. It really did. I had, I had no problem being open about that. And, you know, a lot of times what you say may not come across how people hear it. It's like... I said that, but it's not what I meant. And as I listened to that episode, you know, my ritual has been listen to the episode when it comes out. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't go back and listen to it or try to make edits or anything like that. I just like to lay it down. Right. Um and some some really bright takeaways are in there, but one of the things that struck me is it 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 sounded like I was laying all the blame on the company I work for. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've nearly I've worked for this company nearly twenty years, and that was in no way the case. That's not what I meant to say. It's the way I it sounded to me, and I was like, "Gosh, that sounds terrible." Really, it was me and and my own choices and how I decided to ask for help or not ask for help. And you right. made the point that you work for a company that has vast resources. If you were to disappear. The branch would keep moving. And I uh, I just had to think about that. I was like, I don't I don't want to make my company sound bad. Right. So I pulled it down. I like I like pulled it down in a hurry. You did. And because uh, I got an early text. <laughs> that's right. That's right. A, a pre six AM text uh -huh. or you know, right around six AM, six thirty. Um but when you have subscribers, it gets downloaded, and there's no taking that back. Right. And we had a number of subscribers who got the episode, and I called some people. I was like, hey, man, I I would love for you to listen to this. And there was people I didn't know were subscribers. You can't see that information. Right. And I got some really interesting text back <laughs> on, on this episode before I pulled it down, and I got some really interesting text about my approach to the episode from you um, that really were thought-provoking. And it was you and some other text messages that I got that said, you know what, it's, it's worth risking um, putting this out there because so many people in the professional world are probably going through what I'm going through. And it's to no fault of their company because the company says, here's the resources. I but if you don't choose to take advantage of those or put yourself out there, 
It's a failure on your part, not a failure on the company's part. And that's what that's just what I had to come to realize. So we relaunched episode 37. And, uh, you know, I put a little note in there about cold feet. Um, but I put my heart out there. It was not rehearsed. One time I think I started, I, I put it on to record and I wasn't recording. So I had to do it over again and push record on the phone. Um, but uh, I felt it was necessary to risk it. And, you know, this is not lip service. I absolutely love the company I work for. I love what the company is becoming, what they stand for, uh, what they stand for in the community, for us as employees, our developmental right. plan, what they're willing to give you to lead. And um, I, I do just, believe you did express that. It's funny how what you hear versus what everyone else hears and I do believe quite a few times you did express, um, you know, the leadership that you have and um, just very thankful. So it's just funny when you're like, I'm pulling it. I'm thinking, what did you say? Because in my mind and in just the conversation, because you're right, we don't go back and listen and edit and say, take this or that out. It's just it is what it is. So when I listen to it, because right when you told me you're going to do it, I captured it so that I could listen to it before it went away. And I listened to it. And I'm like, all right, so I don't get it, but that's, I'm not me. And like I told you, it's your call because I'm not going to, um, have you put your livelihood on the line in that sense. If you yeah. feel uncomfortable with that, you do what you need to do and we'll work through it. Um, but it's so funny how we all have such different filters when we're hearing something of what is actually you're hearing. Yeah. So it was interesting. A learning curve. It really was, <laughs> you know, and that's part of what over the next couple episodes that I definitely want to get into. You know, one thing I want to start with was what does asking for help look like for you? Um, I definitely want to get into... Why do you care so much about what people think? And do you know that? Do you see a pattern? And it's like, oh, those are hard questions. They are hard questions. But like we said earlier, it's not easy, but it's rewarding if you confront those things. Right. So the, the first thing that came to my mind when you asked, what does asking for help look like? Mm -hmm. The first word that jumped in my mind and it made me sick like I felt sick in my stomach was failure. Right. Like asking for help is failure. And I don't, to hear myself say that and the sound of that sounds foreign to the way that I thought I believed, but obviously I was, I was operating in that. And I, and I, what's interesting is I really, I found out after this episode, I want to go look or the origin of that thought Where it came from and I found it and I you know I worked for a guy one time that you know when you'd go ask for help I mean he would he would be available for help mm -hmm. but there's times at critical points where you would ask for help and jokingly not jokingly he would say if I have to do it what do I need you for so it's like man I if I ask for help, 
it's there's going to be this snide comment that comes my way and it's like well first of all if you don't know why you need me <laughs> is that really my problem um but it it built something in me because i force you know i force myself to grow and i believe in being reliable mm -hmm. resourceful and and being relentless and it's what i teach my kids right and it's what I teach the people that I lead and anybody who calls me. It's what I taught, you know, football players, you know, and, and people still say it back to me. But there obviously was an R missing in there. Mm -hmm. But that was the origin of it that I could point to. Right. And it was like, I took that way too serious because sometimes we all need help. Right. So... That was a ugly moment for me to look in the mirror because it goes beyond me because what are you projecting, you know, to your kids? What are you projecting to your employees? There is a part, you know, there is a part in my mind, and quit, you know, stop me from babbling here real soon, but there's a part <laughs> in my mind where it is you do need to be resourceful and, and learn how to rely on yourself but I there, agree. you know, self-reliance is a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, but there is a point in time where you need to, when you're getting overwhelmed, like we talked about, pour right. out that cup and look at other people's strengths and see where they can help you. Right. And, you know, that is, that's something that I was also taught. Surround yourself with great people. Mm -hmm. They will compliment your weaknesses. And, um, you know, I, that's, that's what I work to do, but there are times where, you know, I don't want people to, to think that I can't handle it. I don't want to force my problems on other people, but that's really not giving them an opportunity to partner with me. So who told you that not to put your problems on other people? Who, t who told you that? Where did you learn that? I have no idea, but it's been around for a long time. Yeah. A long time. Is it something your dad said? Something? I don't, I just don't, I do not know. Is it a, um, I'm not being sexist either. I'm, it's just serious. I mean, is it like a, a man thing? Is it like that pride that I'm a man and I can handle anything that comes my way you know that's a good question does it bruise your ego thank you gracie <laughs> you know I, the, the only thing that in this moment i can kind of relate it to is when somebody used to pay me a compliment it was hard for me to take a compliment so immediately i would compliment them back because i did not want that that attention attention on me um I I don't know. I didn't I didn't want to take it. I always wanted to celebrate you. Uh-huh. I didn't want I mean, I'm a guy who likes to light up a room, mm -hmm. but for some reason I couldn't take a compliment. And I don't know if it shakes hands with I don't want you to pity me for my problems. When nobody it's not like somebody's I don't automatically pity people when they share their problems with me. Right. I just listen, you know, and ask the question, how can I help? If I can help, or maybe it just feels good to say it. 
but I, I don't know. I don't. People got enough problems, and I, it, I don't like to burden people with my issues, um, because I just figure that you know I'm resourceful enough to handle them. Okay, then <laughs> let me ask you this: If you're so good at handling them, then why did you get so mad about the bacon? Yeah. Well, understand, I'm talking about me two, before two episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> just just a thought. Just, you know, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it does show up. As much as we say, you know, I don't want to burden people. As much as we say, you know, I don't want to ask people for help. It shows up in other areas. It sure does. It, you know, being that overwhelmed, the frustration, you know, um, kind of like feeling it, it out of sorts. Um even though you're not asking for it, verbalizing it, either your body's going to take it in or some, it's, it's, it has to get out. So it's going to get out somewhere. Yeah. And, um, it's just you being very aware and mindful of, of your behavior from it, because that's the thing that has to, to, um, we need to rewire that part of you, um, asking for help. If it's a failure, I mean, I get what you're saying of someone in the past of, you know, who you worked for. I mean, that's a pretty, um, that's a, that's a tough response to somebody, you know, for, if you're coming out and asking for help, obviously you need help because I wouldn't be asking you if I wouldn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like you're one to go around, you know asking everyone for help because the sky's falling every two seconds that's not you um so yeah i could see how that can definitely if that's told to you enough you just stop asking yeah i don't i don't even know if it it was ever told to me i mean that phrase was spoken to me a lot you know that that phrase during the course of a number of years Right. right was spoken to me a lot and usually at the wrong time because I, I was so overwhelmed with what I had and I'm reaching out for help. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I, I don't know why I'm so concerned about people feeling sorry for me or having pity on me. Um, or you being a burden, like where do you think you're a burden? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I could tell you that I feel like a burden with these surgeries that are, that have gone on because mm-hmm. I'm a physical burden on people on the people I care about. I would rather be the helper than the helped. But have they came out and told you that? No. So it's just a story that you're telling yourself. It's a story that I'm telling myself. So because who, who, who helps you with that story? Like where did that story start? Where did it begin that, that you can say, um, or or it could just be something that has happened to you that you told yourself, like you made a vow with yourself that I'm never going to let that happen. I'm not going to become a burden. I, it probably has something to do with that over accommodating part of my personality and not wanting to inconvenience people. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that is, you know, that's all I could really, I could really 
touch on. I don't know. You know, when I leave here with notes and start to think <laughs> about things, things become a little brighter to right. me. But that's the that's the only, you know, piece that I could that I could kind of put in the puzzle that's uh, it's hard to to figure out that I just hate to be an inconvenience to people or um burden people. It it bothers me right. to to do that. I don't know why. I don't mind if people inconvenience me. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. Now I've learned to say I can't do that. Before it would be like just take it all, all, right. all of it, all of it. Right. Obviously, some of that's still there. Um, so I think that's just something that you have to discover over the week to come. Is you know I don't expect people to have answers for me with the questions just listening to you talk. Um, obviously, it's a story that you've told yourself, so we have to change that inner dialogue that you're telling yourself as to why it is that you're a burden. So go back a couple years. Like when did you discover that or who told you you were that? I don't want to try too hard to come up with some answers. No, I, and I wouldn't expect you to. It's just, you know, when you're, when you're doing, um, you know, these coaching sessions and just having conversation, it's food for thought. It's, it's for you to go, um, and dive a little bit deeper because you do have the answers. Yeah, they're in there. They're I in there. It. Um, it's just a matter of just um, bringing light to it and saying, oh, okay. Like, you know, obviously what you said with your previous, um, previous boss feeding you that line, you know, it, 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 it definitely has done something for you today has had an impact for you not to ask for help because yeah. in your mind you're thinking if I ask for help Why do then what do me? they need me yeah so it's a weakness it's showing a weakness on your part that these people aren't going to need me and I you know that I don't want to portray that and it that's not pro- it's just changing how that looks to you yeah and I I took what you the question you asked me I took it very seriously <laughs> and I acted on it mm-hmm. you know and kind of took the same path of I'm going to start with my health you know I've been keto mm-hmm. uh, for six years and I've been going on three years I haven't been able to go in the gym which is so weird to hear me say that um, and I've not only maintained my weight where it is but I've you know started to lean out mm-hmm. and I have this surgery coming up this right. major surgery and I wanted to get leaner. And I was relying on myself and my own um, my own resourcefulness mm-hmm. to figure it out. And I said, you know what? What's the harm in asking for help? Why not? Why not be coached? It's what I encourage people to do. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Right. So I hired a, uh, I hired a coach, a carnivore keto coach. Mm-hmm. And his uh, his handle is Primal Bro. Primal? <laughs> Primal Bro. And uh, his name is Ben. And, uh, you know, I I just reached out to him and I said, you know, I'm, I'm looking at getting some coaching. And it's been great. It's been great. It's somebody that, you know, I can just... I was telling Jeannie the other night, it's like, it is so awesome to have somebody 
that I can get excited with this carnivore keto mm -hmm. dialogue about, ask questions. He's got answers. It's a, it's, I can just get it all out there because she just really doesn't give a crap. <laughs> she doesn't. And that's okay. I mean, it's, I, it's my endeavor. Right. You know, and she accommodates me, you know, as far as what I'm eating and whatever. She accommodates me greatly, but... It's just not... It's not her thing. It's not her language. But with me and the analyzing and clinical tests I do on my body and checking ketones and, you know, this guy gets it. And it's really helped me to have somebody that I can reach out to. And it's like, text me anytime. Every question you have, text me this, text me that. And I'm doing it. And I it, think that's great because that gives you, it, it, you've put action to, to something that has stopped you and you've put action to that. And once you see the results of you just stepping outside of your comfort zone to ask for help, like it's, you hear it all the time. It's like, it's right outside your comfort zone. And right. it's just a matter of you stepping outside of it to put yourself out there and it is amazing how much we hold ourselves back because look at what you're learning. Look at what you're gaining from just having a contact. Yeah. Just, you know, just reaching out and saying, I'm willing to do this. Um, so many of us are just so fearful. Like we're so um, afraid to go outside of our comfort zone and... Even even the simplest thing is, you know, being afraid of what people think of you or, uh. you know, thinking, you know, what are people going to think? And we could get into it on the next episode, but it's just amazing when you just put yourself out there and you make yourself do it. Yeah. The, the reward that you get for doing that. It is so rewarding. And it just ad it adds that confidence, that trust, that okay, this isn't so bad. Yeah. It's not what I thought. It never is. And you lived like I you did. didn't die. I lived right through it. <laughs> so in addition to that, Coach, which you know this, but I'm just putting it out there for the show so mm -hmm. they know. Um, I did find a manager that does what I do, and I decided to open up to that person and confide in them. Mm -hmm. And it's somebody I believe I can trust. And our rapport has, has grown. Good. Um, and I, you know, have been asking for help and reaching out. And I recently went to the doctor because I've been having some pain in my gut. And like this hernia, it's already four by four inches. It's getting bigger. And it's like, oh, I got to go see the doctor. And um it turns out that I gotta, I got, I have to get this surgery done two months sooner than I than I had planned. Right. And um, now, you know, m the my team members and my leadership are reaching out to me, asking how we can help and showing up, just showing up, just from this, you know, this one action and and kind of being more vulnerable and right. saying, hey, man, here's what's happening. And it's like, well, how are you doing? I don't know right now. I don't know. I'm never a person that says, I don't know <laughs> uh, anymore. Right. You know, it's like, 
here's how I'm doing because I tell myself. Right. Well, you know, if you just, if you tell everybody how you're doing because you believe that's how you're doing instead of how you are in the moment, it's like, okay, well, he's, he's got it all. What, is, he what do you need? need yeah. Right. So I took that step and it's been a, a big plus, a big plus Great. for me. And it's taken a big burden off me just to know that I have somebody I can go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they respect me more than I knew. And this is somebody I respect big time in the mm-hmm. business. And that meant a lot to me. And um, then uh, on top of that, I reached out to you and said, I want to do some coach, some career coaching, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, you know, redefine this trajectory that I'm on. Right. So those are three, you know, three areas where I took action. I didn't, I didn't do it all at once, but, um, I did it kind of in the order that I thought was right. I mm-hmm. started with my health, which is where I started, you know, this whole self-development journey. Right. Um, but I put action to what you challenged me in. Mm-hmm. And I believe, truly believe that it's going to be for the better of me and as a person and me as a husband and as a father, right. as a friend, as an employee you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. I really, really believe that. So kudos to you for challenging me on that and being a great listener and just posing questions that help me face me. Right. Because right. that's not, it's not easy to do. So why don't we end this episode here? Because I have tons of questions for you. Um that we could go into the next episode for the listener. Like, how did you get there? Okay. How does that sound? Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's play ball here. Let's end it. Let's lock it down. All right. Um, first of all, as we end this show, I just want to thank you all for your feedback. Thank you so very much. It means a great deal. I am glad that this episode meant something to you episode 37 i'm talking about Uh um i appreciate the response and the support and uh and i will continue to to be who i promised i would be and that's somebody authentic and vulnerable so you could better your situation but you can't do it without action um so thank you reach out to us on the email coach at man vs marriage podcast.com coach at man v like victory s like success marriage podcast.com and join us on facebook at mvsm podcast that's us that's where we're at that's where we hang out that's where we throw these things out so until the next episode for coach rita and quincy the cute diggity dog moran we are out How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. The Podcast.